Does anyone want me to keep talking about tamale pie? Because I think I talked about it every episode. Hey, I'm Maggie. I'm Pam. And I'm Lauren. And you're listening to the Planetarian Life Podcast. Each week, we meet here to talk about our passion for food, our concerns for the earth, and discuss how we can align our hopes for the future while eating and living well, effortlessly. All right. So today, um, we're going to talk about reducing our meat and dairy consumption, or to put a positive spin on it, eating more plant-rich. Because if you're listening to this podcast, and if you're following Planetarian Life, it's probably one of your goals uh, for 2022 to to sort of switch to a more plant-rich way of eating. But Having having gone through this process ourselves and still on the planetarian journey that we're on, we can speak from experience to know that it's not always easy and that there are challenges to shifting the way you eat. But, you know, the primary reason that we started Planetarian Life was, was to help people make this shift, to make it easier and clearer and simpler because the most important thing that we can do as individuals on a daily basis to to combat climate change is to is to eat less meat and dairy because the the meat industry um, accounts for 14.5% of global greenhouse gas emissions so i thought we would just start by talking about what the challenges mm. are um what makes it difficult to start to start this process? Well, I think as the older oldest person in the group, I should speak to that because uh, for decades, a good meal to me it was the way I was raised. It was pretty much the way I raised you guys. Uh, a good meal was your hunk of meat, your little side starch, and your little side vegetable. So when you decide to take meat off the plate, you're just left with a little side starch and a little side vegetable. And like, <laughs> what are you supposed to do? I mean, even if you serve something like spaghetti and meatballs, there's still the meat, the starch and the vegetable. So it's really having to figure out a whole different way of seeing dinner and all meals and then figuring out how to how to produce it in a way that feels simple because, you know, there's no more sliced deli meat and cheese to make a quick sandwich. They're just they're just hurdles and it it does get simpler but you do have to figure out and find new and super satisfying ways to eat so that you really enjoy eating this way and you don't miss the meat and dairy it's not a sacrifice it's a pleasure yeah i mean i think so many so many of those weeknight recipes start with you know a pound of ground beef or a package of chicken yeah. breasts or you know just some type of meat. That's just the starting point. And I think when you remove that starting yeah. point, you just don't really know where to begin. And I think for a lot of people, you know, you hear this again and again, the question is about, you know, where do, where do I get my protein from? Mm -hmm. And, you know, the statistics are clear that particularly in America, people eat way more protein than they need. Men tend to eat 75% more protein than their body actually needs. And for women, that number is about 50%. So there's this, I think there's this fear that if you remove meat, you're not going to be getting enough protein, but we can talk about that later. But I think that's a, a main, a main concern for people. 
When you think about the way people used to eat, I mean, long before sort of post-World War II, when I think meat consumption started to rise, because I think that's when everybody felt wealthy and like, oh, we can afford meat at all the meals. But, when you know, the way my dad grew up, of course, he grew up on a farm, but they slaughtered one pig a year and they ate the fresh meat in the fall and then they smoked and cured the rest of it and used it to season their vegetables and then once a week they would um slaughter a chicken and so you had a chicken a week and a pig to last you for the year and that was pretty much it and now somehow we've gotten um i'm sure it's good marketing by the you know beef association the cattlemen's association or whatever all those those boards that sort of kind of got people thinking, you, you know, you need it, you need it all three meals a day, you know? Well, yeah. every diet for the last like 15 years has been, maybe more, maybe 30 years has been trying to reduce carbs. I mean, everybody thinks. Ever since Atkins. Yes. Everybody thinks that you will lose weight, be healthier, be skinnier, have bigger muscles, be, you know, able to run faster and leap tall buildings if you just don't have carbs. And that's just not, first of all, it's not even true. It doesn't even make sense. If you just eat, if you just eat a pound of bacon and cheddar cheese for breakfast, you're on your way to health. Let's, I mean, don't get me started on the keto diet, buddy. Anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I think this like getting rid of carbs pushed people even farther into just eating so much protein and and I think yeah. people are afraid to go back people are afraid to eat yes beans and rice and bread because they yes. feel like it's not healthy and it's not going to help them meet their life goals and their fitness goals and that's just not it's not really accurate but that's the narrative but I think the other reason is like sort of on the opposite end of the spectrum is that people people associate meat and dairy with a lot of their favorite comfort foods true and a lot of their sort of nostalgic foods and foods that make them feel good when they eat them, like macaroni and cheese or spaghetti and meatballs and, and dishes like that, where people say, I could never live without, I could never live without that. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's another challenge that people face, um, as well as eating out, you know, as a person who for many years has been eating, you know, virtually no meat, I find one of the biggest challenges is when I go to a restaurant, um, or try to order from a place where, you know, fortunately nowadays there seem to be, you know, a lot more offerings for people who are, you know, vegan or vegetarian, but that can be a challenge. That's because you live in an urban setting though, I think, you know, yeah. I, I'm not, I'm not sure. Oh, exactly. It's not true. I don't think in a lot of places that, that you yeah. have good, good uh, plant-based options everywhere. Say, most restaurants have one token vegetarian dish and it's always kind of the same thing. And it's either pasta or yep. like, Yep. It's a fancy mushroom risotto. It's always the same. Yes. Mm -hmm. When we went, when Laura and I went out to dinner, when we were on vacation together, we went to this restaurant and this was in a nice area. And, you know, it was, there was about eight, eight things on the menu and it was all beef and lamb. And I think there was one chicken dish and there was one, one vegetarian. I got the pasta. Mm -hmm. It was a pappardelle with a cream, a very heavy cream sauce. Um, yeah. Not great. Anyway, so there, there's just challenges at every turn when you start. And I think, you know, like so many things these days, people try to take on big challenges. Like I'm going to go vegan or I'm going to, you know, cut it, cut it all out. And I, 
I think what we've always yeah. said is start small because it's a more it's a more sustainable way of transitioning. It does help to start small because then you you know you, you do find the things that work for you. Mm-hmm. Um like the products that work but also just like oh I don't actually need this or mm-hmm. you know here are kind of my staples that I buy and they're in my rotation now and I don't have to refigure out how to grocery shop and how to cook and what I like but yeah um it, for me the starting small works better because my biggest challenge is family and and loved ones and like what do I feed my kids when my parents are in town they want meat they won't they won't eat meatless when we have holidays, you know, everyone in my life expresses love through food. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to be the person that's like, oh, I'm not going to eat what you're offering. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, yeah. I think that detracts from what I'm going for in life. So, yeah, this, you know, starting small, but also not needing to be perfect, like not needing yes. to say, oh, well, yeah. I no longer eat this. Yep. Um, I can say like, thank you so much for whatever you made for me or you need to have chicken. Okay. Well, we'll have some chicken. And you never, um, have that feeling, you know, when you, you know what it's like when you sort of the diet mentality where you, you, you screw up and then you feel bad. So by going gradually, you don't have to feel bad because, oh, you, you put a piece of a cheese slice in your mouth or something, you know, it's just, just you, you never have to quit because you can't fail. It's right. just right. So true. It's more like every time you add in a plant option, you're doing great. That's right. It's the opposite. Yes. You flip it on its yes. head. You flip diet mentality on its head. It's not every time. Every time you eat something plant rich, as opposed to meat, you're yeah. winning. As opposed to every time you eat meat, you're yes. losing. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, good. Yeah. <laughs> um, I definitely, I started with Meatless Mondays probably 12, 10 or 12 years ago. And um, we, I think we probably ate sort of some vegetarian meals throughout the week, but our focus was on that Monday. And I remember at that time, I would try and find something new to cook each mm-hmm. week. So that I wasn't like, well, we're eating pasta with sauce because that's vegetarian and that's, you know, that's done. I really tried to use it as an experiment and an opportunity to, to try new recipes that I was finding on the internet. And some were, some were failures and others completely blew my mind and made me realize what was possible with plant-based cooking. So I think, you know, and if you're already doing kind of a meatless Monday thing, maybe take one meal a day and say, I'm going to try to eat, you know, breakfast, you know, plant rich instead of having eggs, you know, or an omelet or, you know, whatever it is that you, you tend to eat for breakfast that, that may include meat and dairy. I think for me, it's always just about trying to go that step further. So once I had a handle on meatless Mondays after a while, then we started to kind of bring it into other areas of our lives, um, other meals mm-hmm. when we were eating out, which would have been a time that we tended to maybe just order whatever looked good to us on the menu. We tried to tried to order a, the vegetarian option. And honestly, over time, we just gradually, mm-hmm. it's like our taste buds changed mm-hmm. too. So by the end of a year or two, we were in a much different position than we were. We, we knew so much more about vegetarian cooking. We, we knew what we liked on, on menus and 
we were almost unrecognizable after two years. We, we became what I jokingly called um, vegans because um, we were sort of vaguely vegan by that point. And, um, and it felt great. And I think, you know, we talk here a lot about sort of the planetary impact of, of the meat and dairy industry. But the good news is that eating plant-rich has enormous benefits for your health. And honestly, that was, that was originally why we, why we started, um, you know, talk about, you know, your boosted immune system, you sleep better, you know, lower, lowered cholesterol. Gosh, my dad is living proof of that. You know, he had high cholesterol, ate, ate plant-based for just a few months and went back to the doctor. And she said, what, what on earth did you do? I mean, his cholesterol just plummeted. Um, it can increase your energy, improve your skin, reduce inflammation, you know, just all these kind of health benefits that also make it easier to kind of keep going. I think it's important to really, you know, you can explore planetarianlife.com for, for, for options. But for me, it was finding the, the substitute ingredients that worked just as well as the as the dairy based and meat based and i mean mm-hmm. the the eye opener for me was coconut milk because mm-hmm. i like i like richness i like i mean that that's what i associate with delicious food you know cream sauces and um just having creamy things and the coconut milk, it always amazes me. I mean, when you stick your finger in the can and taste it, it tastes like coconut, but then when you cook it in with something that's got garlic and garlic and onions and, and other flavorings or tomato sauce or whatever you want to make creamy, it really does kind of blend into the dish and just becomes richness um, without tasting like coconut milk. So that's certainly one one ingredient that's helped me or even even the plant-based butter spread or the oatly creamer in my coffee i mean the, all these mm-hmm. all these little swaps add up yeah um and certainly make it easier to not miss having milk or cream in your co- in your coffee um Violife cheese has changed my life, you know, because I, you know, you like rich and creamy sauces. I like, I like feta sprinkled on my, you know, Greek rice. I like a dollop of sour cream on my chili. Those, that kind of, that's the type of enrichment that I was really missing. Um, and there are so many products now that, that just, that completely fill that hole. Yeah. I, you know, it's just the other day I was, uh, you know, I'm working on um, fried cauliflower for our Super Bowl recipes. And I was using my old technique for kind of using buttermilk to add flavor to the chicken and help the flour to stick. And I mixed plant-based creamer and apple cider vinegar. And wow, it was amazing. It tasted tasted like buttermilk. I mean, mm. I, and I'm, mm. I'm, 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 I'm a skeptic. If, if it doesn't taste good, I'm not interested. So I was, <laughs> I, I was very impressed with, uh, with, with that. So anyway, it just, I th- so I think, I think, you know, the, the bottom line here is like to really get going on this path, it starts with an open mind. Well, it starts with a commitment first you know, towards getting, towards getting on, 
you know, the the path towards eating a more plant-rich diet. But then comes sort of an open-mindedness to trying new things, to picking up new ingredients at the grocery store, to to trying things that you've never picked up before, Mm -hmm. um, seeking out recipes that maybe don't, I mean, our recipes try to include mostly only like very familiar, easy to access ingredients, but it's fun to, you know, it's fun to play with, to play with new things and, and, um, new ingredients and see what you get. But there's also, I think the importance of just a curiosity. So sort of commitment, open-mindedness and curiosity, I think are the, the, the recipe for kind of enthusiastically getting on this, getting on this journey and staying with it. And trying hybrid things too, like, you know, for us, like using the lentil walnut mix to make tacos, but then actually using the the real dollop of sour cream so that it's not, you know, there's some familiarity there. It's just, again, mixing it up and, and trying different things or maybe making them with meat and trying a, you know, a sour cream option or, you know, a a plant-based sour cream, just trying it partially. I think I was going to yeah. say trying it partially and trying new things rather than just trying to convert all your favorite foods to plant-based because I promise you're not going to be happy if you eat a traditional American diet and then you're like, all right, well now we're on tofu bacon and tofu scramble for breakfast. <laughs> and here's my impossible yeah. burger with mm-hmm. diet cheese. Like it, it's not going to work. It's not going to be what you want it to be, but mm-hmm you can come up with all these new favorites and find all these new things that you love because you're not trying to replace your actual favorite foods with weird substitutes. And Mm -hmm. you do grow to like Mm -hmm. the flavor of the cheeses as long as, because you stop expecting it to taste exactly like the cheese that you're used to. Mm -hmm. You know, it adds the creaminess and things like that. And the gradual process really does work. And you don't have to just swap every food that you like for its you know, tofu based alternative that that's not actually a healthy way to yeah. go about it. It's not sustainable. And that's not, and none of us do that. You know, that's why our recipes are so different. It's not just everything that you're going to eat in a day. There's so many different things and they, they have become my comfort foods. Like I, tamale pie was never a comfort food of mine. Now I'm obsessed with stupid mm. tamale pie, mm-hmm. but it is, it's my comfort food now. Cause it's, it's easy. And I like, you know, I love it and I eat it so often. It does have like a nostalgic feel to it, even though it's nothing I grew up with. Yeah, that's true. I would say that I would say, and even before I started planetarian life, um, because before I started planetarian life, I was doing this thing where I was pulling, you know, four or five, uh, plant-based recipes that I found on Instagram or, blogs or websites and making them and testing them and then sharing online the results and what I suggested that people would make or what, what changes I made to recipes or some, I just enthusiastically suggested everyone try. I've done a lot of cooking, um, and experimenting and exploring with plant, with plant-based recipes. And then of course we started planetarian life and the capsule kitchen. And it's all about making, you know, these delicious foods, plant-rich foods accessible to, to folks. But I, even before we started Planetarian Life, I, I feel like I have never, I have never eaten so well in my life. So it's, I don't know, I, before 
I was just stuck in this rut where I had, I don't know, just sort of a routine of five or 10 different recipes I kind of made on repeat, you know, some variation. And it was just kind of boring. And I wasn't very inspired in the kitchen. And I didn't really love cooking. But now I'm just like opened up to so many new ingredients and, and flavors and textures. Mm. And I just, I think, I think really getting into, into plant-rich cooking kind of, it just, it opens your mind and it opens your palate. And I think one of the side benefits is that I, I would argue that, you know, you'll be eating way more interesting and way more delicious food. You'll be out of your cooking rut, yeah. you know, cause there's just, we're, when you have, I just think when you, when you have meat and dairy, you kind of rely on that to, to kind of make the mm-hmm. meal. And if you don't have that, then you're like, okay, well, we need more flavor and we need more texture and we need toppings and we need herbs and spices. And I, I think what we've accomplished with the capsule kitchen is just very, very rich, very flavorful, mm-hmm. very interesting meals that don't take very much time. And I, I, I'm eating better than I ever I have. I definitely use a lot more spices. I buy a lot more fresh herbs and of which is mm. of course has inspired me because fresh herbs are so expensive um, is uh, to grow my own herbs. So, and as you well know, at Thanksgiving, I was still picking mint from the garden and thyme and sage. And I, I, I tend to buy parsley and cilantro because those are kind of hard to grow. Um, I mean, you can, but then they, they give out pretty quick. So uh, uh, and those are easy to buy at the grocery store. So I, t- I, I do tend to use a lot of herbs and spices. And of course, those essentials, the toppings that you just actually did on Instagram, Maggie, the, the uh, pink, pickle pink onions. Um, I, I love those as a topping for so many things. And the, the uh, pepitas, the smoky pepitas. And, and then the chili crisp, which you've talked about. And um, there's just so many. The ch- chutneys yeah. and hot sauces and I don't know, just things like putting pita chips and salads as opposed to, you know, just croutons. And we've, we've found so many hacks that we share, um, in the capsule kitchen that really, that really bring food to life. Mm -hmm. I just think you'll, I think people who are, who eat plant rich just have a more, you have to work a little harder, but once you get to make it, really good. But once you kind of get going with it, it becomes so much becomes, becomes second nature. And I, I, mm-hmm. I will step in here and I know Laura is also a fan of the bases, but you know, when you make a base th- that way, you're not having to think about um, what you're going to make for dinner every single night so that it's like, you know, there's always the option of, well, should I make, should I make uh, be ground beef, something with ground beef or if you've got a base, a, a plant-based base started and you can take it two or three or four different directions. It just makes it so much easier to cook plant-based when you're, when you've got something started and it's only a step or two and you're done. So today in New York city, it's 15 degrees. It's absolutely freezing. And, um, we thought it would be a good idea to share with you some of our favorite comfort classics from the capsule kitchen, because these are recipes that 
we've known and loved in our, in our lifetime that we wanted to, um, kind of convert into plant rich comfort dishes and, um, perhaps inspire you to make one or two of those this week. If it's also cold where you are, um, I would say, I think my favorite, my favorite classic is, um, the mac and cheese, the broccoli mac mm-hmm. and cheese. I, cause it's just, it's so good. I mean, I love pasta. I'm not afraid of carbohydrates. I, I love them. <laughs> um, but what I love about this, about our mac and cheese is that, um, it, it's got about, I don't know how many pounds of bro- broccoli in it. So it's really like a one dish mm-hmm. dinner because you've got your starch and you've got your veg and, um, and the, the flavor, the flavor is so good and it mixes, it uses both nutritional yeast, which is, um, kind of offers sort of a cheesy nutty flavor to the dish, but we also use some, uh, plant-based cheese, cheddar cheese. So you kind of get that gooey effect still. And it is just so satisfying. And I serve it to my kids. They love it. My son said he didn't need a treat after dinner because he felt like he just wanted another bowl of macaroni and cheese. (laughs) So, you know, that's a winner Mm. and it makes enough for us to eat for, you know, a couple meals. My husband loves to put hot sauce all over it, but it's just delicious. It's just, I, it's the kind of, it's the kind of dish where you don't, you don't miss, you don't miss the cheese. Mm. Mm. So I love that one. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm never, I'm, I'm always in love with the last dish I just made. So I have to make a case for a recipe that will be showing up in the next month or so. And that is the fried cauliflower. Oh, as a, as a fried chicken, you know, that was kind of my favorite food of all time is just getting a, a big plate of fried chicken. And, um, <laughs> and so now can take the girl out of the <laughs> South and, and now, uh, I've developed this cauliflower fried cauliflower that's super simple actually um and uh dip it in the buffalo sauce and the barbecue sauce and i mean it is so good i'm i'm very happy with that that comfort swap we make the plant-based cottage pie my husband is english and cottage pie was a huge part of his growing up and a meal that his mom and his grandmother made you know once or once or twice a month. And it's just part of his kind of food heritage. And I felt a little, um, nervous about making it with lentils, but he says it's just as good as, as the original Mm. for him. So I know that that one's, and our testers really love that Mm. as well. Um, so that's a good one to try for the winter. I, I love the mushroom Wellington. I have to say for that we developed for the holidays. Um, that is, I, I was so proud to serve that over the holidays to, to, to different people that we had over and, um, people were just so amazed with that. It just, it's so good. Yeah. It's so, so good. Yeah. I mean, what, what, like, where are you going to go wrong with mushrooms and caramelized onions? Yeah. Just and like puff pastry. <laughs> um, and I, and I think a lot of these dishes are dishes that you would serve to, to, you know, to people if you had, if you're having dinner guests mm-hmm. or, you know, yeah. having people over or celebrating something, these are dishes that don't feel like 
kind of a knockoff, like, you know, a subpar knockoff of the original. Mm -hmm. These are, these are, these are recipes that really wow people and, um, they just, they'll love them. I know it's 15 degrees, but oh man, that chocolate ice cream. That's a good one. Oh yes. Somebody actually just made the chocolate ice cream for dessert this week and wrote me about it and said it was just like the best chocolate ice cream that they had ever had. There's a sweet, the secret ingredient is sweet potato. I was going to say, not only is it great, it's great ice cream. You would never know that it's not actually ice cream, but you know, you're talking about how people are concerned about getting in their protein and how much healthier it is to eat plant rich when your ice cream, instead of being made out of dairy, which almost nobody digests very well, like almost nobody, even if you're not lactose intolerant, dairy never makes people feel great after they eat it. Instead, it's made with sweet potato, which is chock full of really good nutrients. Mm. You know, it's like... Chocolate's a superfood, too. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> this is ice cream that's creamy and chocolatey and better mm-hmm. than chocolate ice cream, actually. Definitely better than chocolate dairy-free ice cream. And it's like... So good for you. It doesn't even make sense. I love that chocolate ice cream. (laughs) I think um, how I want to leave it is with some encouragement um, for our listeners to to take the next step. So if you're comfortable where you are, if you've already started doing Meatless Mondays, or if you're already, you know, eating 20% plant-based or 30%, try to go just that little bit further. Maybe the next time you go out for a meal, you order the or the vegetarian entree, or try a new recipe, um, try something different. I think, as I said, you know, earlier, you know, the commitment combined with an open-mindedness and a curiosity is, is a recipe for, for just having, having a good time eating this way. Mm -hmm. That's the thing I really hope to get across that it's fun. This is no sacrifice. Eating plant rich is no sacrifice. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe. And if you have a moment, we'd be so grateful if you'd rate the podcast and leave a review. Also, take a minute to connect with us on Instagram and Facebook at Planetarian Life. Head to planetarianlife.com for more recipes, inspiration, and to become a planetarian. See you next week.